0: I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Michelle Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello, and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today, we have Michelle Scott, a New York Times best-selling author of Mysteries. Welcome to the show, Michelle.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and talk with you guys today. Well, we are excited to have you. Uh, My first
0: question for you is... I'm calling you Michelle Scott because that's your name, but I hear that you write under more than one name. What's the deal with that?
1: Yeah. So I also write under, I write thrillers under the name AK Alexander. And really the deal is um, I've been writing cozy mysteries under my name, Michelle Scott. And then Mm -hmm. I had, this is about the time that KDP came on the scene and and you could self-publish without having a stigma of self-publishing, right? It was, it was, it crossed that that line where you could do it and be cool. So, <laughs> I had all these backlist thrillers, right? Cuz when I was traditionally published, I was writing I I always wanted to publish in the thriller category. And so I had several manuscripts that I'd written, but I'd kind of been put in this corner of a cozy mystery author, which is mm-hmm. great, but I really wanted to write thrillers too. So, I decided on the pen name because it's a totally different demographic and the pin name actually is stands for my children. They're all adults now, but Anthony, Caitlin, and Alexander. And my oldest one, Alex, said one day, he's like, oh, that's pretty cute, mom. That's like AKA. And I was like, oh, I never even thought of that. You're right. So <laughs> that's really why. It's really two different readerships. I mean, I think I probably get some crossover, but not a lot from the standpoint my cozies are they're cozy and they're romantic and they're there's a comedy in them and my thrillers are serial killer stuff and very dark and, and my dad used to say to me like where does this stuff come from in you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know dad <laughs> it just does so that's why yeah.
2: did you find it hard to build a whole new audience though um, having a different pen name
1: well yes and no right so I was doing it as an indie author on the thrillers I had written cozy's. For what well, for Berkeley Prime Crime, which is now uh, Penguin Random House, I think, and so I was writing for Berkeley, and they dropped my mystery series. It was during the it was two thousand nine when the when the recession hit. Then, and so the thrillers I put them up on KDP, and nothing happened. Right, like I, I would see like one twosie kinds of sales on a regular basis, and so I wasn't wasn't really thinking anything was going to click, and it wasn't anything that I did really. I can't tell you other than, uh, one day I'm looking at my sales in real time cause you can do it. Right. And, uh-huh. and I'm seeing in the UK, like I'm selling hundreds and then thousands of books. Like I had priced my thriller daddy's home at 99 cents and I sold like I don't know, hundred thousand books. I mean, in a month, the book went to number one. This is wow. 2000. Yeah, this you don't is know what caused it. I think a blogger. I actually think there was a blogger in the UK that picked up on it. It was nobody that I contacted or anything, and then it just rolled out from there, and it went to number one, 2011 UK, and then same thing happened in 2012. It went to number four here in the US, uh, in in like six months later, and it couldn't break the Hunger Games. And you know what was interesting about <laughs> at that time, of course, right? I mean, but at least I guess number four. But at that time, yeah. what was really interesting is that you weren't considered a New York Times bestselling author. Indie, indie authors, they wouldn't give you that title. Now, now they will, mm-hmm. right? When you do sell a certain amount or you reach it, you know, but then you couldn't. But I was like, man, I'm selling a lot of books here. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Yeah. But there was no... I really don't always know what works in marketing and it changes all the time in this industry. Like it's always changing, you know. I'm still trying to get on this TikTok bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm in my fifties now and it's not not really my 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 thing, but I'm working it. I'm trying.
2: <laughs> what do you mainly use as far as social media?
1: So um really like Instagram. Now I'm doing TikTok and I have a you know, of course, somebody who's only 22, she's amazing. And she's giving me direction and like which, how to, how to do it. And so that's been really helpful. Um, but probably Instagram. And really, I think what I have is, is now that I have a readership is, is newsletters, you know, that kind of thing. It's really mm-hmm. important to have a, have a great list, but it, it is, it's ever changing. It's really hard. Cause I think for the most part, writers just, we just want to write books And so then when you tell us, oh, now you got to go do all this marketing and you just never know what's going to work, it's, it's not easy because I think most of us just want to spend our time writing. But then if you don't know about, if people don't know about your book and it could be the greatest book in the world, you know, you have to do all these other pieces. You have to run it like a business really. Right. Absolutely. So aside from the, you have the, you said you have the
0: newsletter and you're doing some social under guidance. Uh, is there something that you would say is like, this feels like it really moves the needle or is it just a combination of all the things?
1: You know, I think it is a combination of all the things and it's coming up with things all the time. Um, I fortunately in, in some of my cozies, like, like in my, my wine lovers mysteries I'll do, I have, I have wine pairings and recipes. Now, when I started that series back in 2004, that was a cool thing, right? Like, like mm-hmm. people were doing it, and it was a thing. Well, then I think I think there was a lull in it. And what's been interesting is now I'm getting a whole new readership of people in their 20s and 30s that really didn't know all about that, right? And they think that's pretty neat because they're now I've got people like, oh, I tried this recipe, and you know, and and I'm getting emails like, what wine would you do with this? And so that's that's <laughs> kind of fun. So I can angle it a little differently, right? And and. I think too that writers should think about when they're writing particularly a series and they're writing about something they're passionate about. Like I love food and I love wine, <laughs> and, you know, and I have a horse. I, I love horses. I have, I have horses. So I do a horse series and things like this. It's like if you're really passionate about something and you're writing about it, just, you know, kind of jump on that and really focus on a readership that might also have that same passion. And right. um, yeah, I think, I think that's really helpful.
2: I think that's one of the really fun things about Cozy's is you have all these niches that you can write about and just really delve into them because then other people learn to love them too.
1: You're you're right. and and But then on the flip side, when you're writing thrillers, that's a such a vast audience, right? There's a larger readership there and it's harder to sell. But those are the books that sell the most for me. Like Serial Killers, man, people still love that stuff. I don't know. It's a crazy world, but yeah.
0: Do you ever freak yourself out writing thrillers?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not so much the, the writing aspect of it, but the research of it and really like, uh, wow, there's some really crazy stuff out there. And it's partly why I write both thrillers and then cozies. Although there's murder in both, the cozies are so much lighter, right? So I'm not doing the research on like, oh, how would... Where? How would blood splatter spatter when you, somebody's eviscerated? Right, like that kind of thing. <laughs> the reason is, you know, I, I for, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, I mean, fortunately as a writer, I have good contacts, like a homicide detective that I work with, that I call, can call and ask questions and and things like that. But yeah, you do get a little, you do get a little freaked out. You can. So
2: having good contacts is really awesome. I've met some people on the way, and there's there's some great like firefighters and police out there that are always more than happy to assist writers with their questions, if done politely, of course.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's true. I, I think that all you have to do is be willing to ask. I mean, my my whole thing became, well, what's the worst thing they can do is say no? I I can't. I'm too busy or whatever. And but for the most part, I I have found that you're right. People who you know, whether it's doctors or policemen or, or women. Um, detectives who anybody i mean even i uh, i did one set in the horse racing world and even though i grew up with horses racing is a whole different you know space for me and i went back to lexington and i met with trainers and and people in the know back there and they were really happy to to talk about what they do and how they do it and so i think you get you ask the right questions and you approach them in the right way people really want to help you
0: Let me kind of circle back to something that we started with because you talked about you had, originally you had your cozies and those were traditionally published. And then you sort of branched out with these thrillers that were indie published. Where are you now? What's your percentage of
1: traditional to indie publishing? Uh, You know what? I do all indie now. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you why. And, And not that I had a good go- Pretty much as a traditionally published author. I mean, I was a mid list author, so, you know, I did okay, but the royalty, the percentages, as you know, they're not great. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't really have any control over your timeline. You, you know, you don't really have a lot of control over most of it. So uh, I like the fact that I get to set my calendar. I get to work with who I want to work with. Yeah, I have to put out some money, up, you know, to do these things. But to me, I almost feel like I put out a better product. I don't feel the pressure. I'll put my own mm-hmm. pressure on. Um, and I just think there's so many great books being written by indie authors. I don't, I want to be a, a part of that. I, I want to be a part of that for sure. Yeah. Well, welcome to the indie universe. We Yay! hang out here. <laughs> I would say more of my books now. And in fact, I did get back all of my rights. Um, yes. from, yeah, I got back all my rights and I republished those books. And I have like really exciting news on the horizon um, with the Wine Mysteries. It's They've been optioned and we've got, I can't say who because contracts haven't been signed, but I'll come back on and tell you who it's very exciting. I have a A-list actress, screenwriter, director. I mean, this thing is um, my fingers crossed. Hollywood can be holly weird, which right <laughs> you know anything can change. And this has been something that has been an ongoing thing for a long time. Um, and a, so, and a vision whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we saying yeah. like like TV series, movie? Wh- where are we going? This one, they optioned for for movie, um, and it's the Ooh. Wine Mysteries. But the horse ones that I did, the cozies I did, I also got those rights back. And they've been optioned and they want to do TV with those. We don't have any attachments with that yet. So yeah, it's, and what's cool is that it's made me look at writing in a different way. And I'm writing my first screenplay right now. So I just wanted to like, I want to try it. And I actually really like it. I got final draft and I think that this might be my next new thing that I do. I don't know. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you have an agent to help you um, get those things optioned or did you do that all by yourself? You know what? That was me. And that it wasn't just me. Wow. It was a weird this is how life works, I feel like. It's the universe is so back in like 2010, 2009, something like that, I went to a writers conference with a couple of friends. And um, they weren't writers, but they wanted to go, and they thought they had an idea and, and whatever. And so they, but they took my books, and I didn't know this. And they gave it to a friend of theirs who's a producer. And this guy,
2: <laughs> nice friends. Here you go. Right.
1: <laughs> right? And this guy, then he, it wasn't his thing so he gives it to another producer. And that guy, his name's Vincent Newman. I can say who that is. And and Vincent optioned them back then. Well, then we did move forward. And we had an actress who was interested and then that fell through. And then another production company came in and they wanted to option again, or they wanted to option and nothing happened with that. So then, so then it just kind of dropped. This is, this is again, like years ago. Um, and so I'll just, I'm just really open. Right. So I'll just tell you the story. So I, (laughs) with the way the universe works, like I go and I get a, I went through a kind of a, a, a not a fun divorce, not that any divorce is fun, but um, really my ex was really wanting half of my rights. And oh, that was from, yeah, in California. You can do that. So I, um, I was, I was really trying to, you know, I said, look, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you this and that for, just let me keep my rights. Right. And I wasn't really selling yeah. a lot of books, honestly, then, because I was, um, I was dealing with my father was very sick and a lot of stuff was going on and I was helping with my family business. So, um, it, nothing happened with it. Well, I go through this divorce and then Vincent reaches back out to me two and a half years ago and he, I get this email from him and he says, Hey, I was going through my old stuff and I was wondering if you still, uh, if you still own these right, the TV rights to this and the movie rights to these, these books and what's going on with them. Can we talk? And so I was like, yeah, and um, <laughs> <laughs> right? so we, we, we talk and he's like, well, I'd like to, I'd like to take the option again. And, and you know what, and here we are, you know, and this has been, uh, it's been almost three years in in the works now. So it just, you, you know, and, and they're all my rights, right? Nobody's gonna, I don't have to, I don't have to share, <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: How exciting to see that come to life though. I, we definitely, if, if that ends up coming up, fingers crossed, everything works out well. We'll have to get you back to hear how the the process goes and and how you felt about it all.
1: Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to. So I just, that's one thing like when I talk to other, other writers, like if they really, I always saw, I always see my series very visually as I write so I always saw them on screen and I just kept like putting it out there. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just, that's just, I just kind of, I'll pretty much talk to anybody I'll, at a conference. I would go up and just pitch it. And I would <sighs> back in the day, I'm not kidding you. I would send letters to people. Like I, I never know if they got there. I, they probably didn't like, you know, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, you'd be great in my book. You know, it <laughs> says that. <this. laughs> People probably get these, their agents probably get these letters and like, who is this crazy lady, right?
2: That's great, though, that you're your own cheerleader. Like, I can do this. Obviously, yeah. someone will take me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you just kind of have to be sometimes. So, you know, yeah, it's been fun. Well, I think it's interesting that the way you tell
0: this story makes it sound like a whole lot of luck. But if you dig a little, I think the real answer is not that just that you're lucky, but that you have put yourself in front of the right people just over and over and over and over until somebody said yes.
2: With the right yeah. attitude. Like, uh, I'm going to do this.
1: I, I think I, I would agree with that. And then also on the other side of it, with writers, like, I knew from the time I was a kid, I wanted to be a writer. There isn't anything else that I wanted to do with my life, but, but write. And so even if I wasn't, even if nothing had really happened and I wasn't selling books or I didn't have these things going on, I would still be writing. I would still be writing stories, books, you know, it's just, it's in me. So if I was selling clothes at Nordstrom, I'd still be writing books at home at at night. Right. So it just, what I do and I, yeah, and it, it is a little bit of luck, but, but it is also really being willing to go out there and talk to people and like you got you got one life here that at least we know of, so you might as well make the most of it and go for it, is the way I feel.
2: Yeah. Well not Absolutely. only luck, but you're you're a proven writer. I mean you've got all these books out there. You're consistent, you're you're putting the work in, so they know they're gonna get quality. So I, it's not like it was your first book and you're like, Here, publish me and do my movie. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Exactly. How many so, books
1: do you have now? I think there's like 37 or 38, I'd have to go back and, and look. But there's Guys, she's lost count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I <don't> know.
2: More <laughs> <Yeah>. than 20.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's more than 20 for sure. You know, but, And I can, and, and I, I mean, I had before I was ever published with an agent, because like I said, back then in the 2000s, early 2000s and, and, and in the nineties, because I really, I wrote my first manuscript in, when my, my first son was born in in ninety one, you know, you couldn't self you could self-publish, but it was very expensive. You could be an indie author, but it's very expensive. And the likelihood of ever getting your book into a bookstore, it just didn't happen, right? So it just yeah. wasn't a thing. So you had to go the route of getting an agent. And I wrote probably eight full manuscripts and maybe as many partials, if not more, before an agent did pick me up in, in two thousand four. So I'd been writing all those years, and just sending out, um, you know, sending out queries consistently. I had a, I, I called Monday's Marketing Monday, and <laughs> and I to Jeff Herman's guide. I'm, I'm I know they still have it. It's Jeff Herman's guide. I think to literary agents, editors, and publishers, or something like that. And I would go through that guide religiously and and look at who's asking for what and do they want a synopsis? Do they want a full, like all of these things? And, and I would just, you know, and then I would dread seeing the mailman after a while. Cause I'd be like, if I get a <laughs> rejection letter, I, I have some rejection letters that I had to tell you one, guy, can I swear on here? I don't know if I can. Oh yeah. Um, Knock yourself out. Okay. So one, one agent writes, what is this shit? I'm like, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually the manuscript that's now been you know that that series is the one that's been optioned. So I'm like, oh my, I got the You're like, ha! <laughs> Do you want to like like
0: take the movie poster and just like just mail it to send them. it to
1: him? <laughs> yeah, if I can remember who it is, like it was just I, I think I think I had probably I bet you I have over 200 rejection letters. I mean, I didn't I didn't move them with me. That's for sure. I would just start throwing them away. And but it, it was really cool because my my. Well, he's now 20 he's 28 years old now but my son at the time my middle one he was 10 and i had been cold doing cold submissions um and i actually had gotten this book this thriller daddy's home pretty far through the cold submission process at harper and then i thought wow this is it do you know because i i have gotten a few letters and a phone call and I thought, this is, this is, I'm, this is going to happen. And then I get a final letter saying, I'm sorry, ultimately we've decided this isn't for us kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm in the kitchen, whether you believe in God, whatever you believe in, it doesn't matter. But because out of the mouth of babes, he comes in and I'm crying and he goes, mommy, what's the matter? And I'm like, you know what, honey, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Maybe I'm not meant to be a writer. Maybe I need to be doing something else. And this kid, his name's Anthony, and Anthony goes, "Mommy, don't you know that God wouldn't make you a writer if you didn't believe you couldn't do it?" And I'm like, <laughs> "How do you give up after that? Like, there's no you, you know, you keep you keep writing." And I'm not kidding you. Within six, it was probably about it was about four to six months after that that you know I had an eight, I had an agent, and when I got the agent, it was within a couple of weeks that we got a deal with the mystery. wow, and Yeah. And that was the title that's murder uncorked. And she came back to me. Um, my agent at the time came back to me and, and, and said, well, I think we have a deal on the table. They want to know what the next two books in the series are about. I was like, Oh crap. I didn't know we were doing a series. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Well, when do they want to know? And she said, well, they would like to know by the end of the day. And I said, well, what oh do you mean? Yeah. I can't make this up. So, so she, so she said to me, we, they want to know by the end of the day. I said, what do they need? And she said, well, they need a, a, a synopsis on the next two books in the series. I'm like, sure, no problem. <laughs> so I, I wrote them up and it worked, but it worked because I, I had a great mentor. His name was Mike Sirota. He, Mike is still alive, but he doesn't edit anymore. And he'd done all my editing, freelance editing for me at the time. And I called him Yoda and Yoda used to say to me, he called me kid, and he said, Kid, you always say yes. When the publisher or editor says, Can you do this? You just say yes, and then you'll figure it out after. I was like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so that's what I did. Yeah. It was yeah. And that uh, that was the be- that was kind of the beginning of everything.
0: I love this story because there's like a little bit of, of advice or encouragement for everyone. If you're querying, 200 rejections could happen and you can still get picked up and instantly sell your book like a week <laughs> later. Uh, if you want to be indie, you might not get traction immediately and then some random blogger might decide you're the greatest thing ever and suddenly you're a bestseller. So basically, don't give up and keep doing the thing and yeah. you too could be Michelle Scott, New York Times bestselling author.
1: Y- yeah. Only you with know a what? different name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you, I, I do... I, I have um, five P's that I go that I go by for that I when I'm talking about writing with people or really anything in life and it it's if it's your passion right you got to be passionate about it otherwise don't do this just because you think you're going to be an overnight success it's few and far between even you know with the way publishing works now you have to be passionate. And and if you're passionate, then it's it's also your purpose, right? Like you know, when you're a writer, you just it's in you, and and it's your purpose. And then I always say, uh, be patient. I think it's four piece. maybe mm-hmm. it's five. I'm trying to remember. Be patient because <laughs> again, you don't know. You're sending out. If you are queering, you got to be patient to see what comes back. Or if you're doing the indie work and you're you know you're doing the promotion yourself you got to have the patience. And then when you release a book, I always say you got to have peace of mind because you can always go back and go, I could have done this better. I could have written this character differently, but you got to kind of let it go and uh, have peace of mind. And oh yeah, my fifth P is persistence, which kind of all ties in with everything else, right? You, you got to just be persistent. And like we talked about a little bit ago, how, you know, I'll go up and approach pretty much anybody and they probably think, I'm an annoying person, but I'm persistent and it works. Like, you know, I, I'm just, I will, nobody is unreachable, I've learned. So write letters, make phone calls, be the squeaky squeaky wheel, which actually I have a story that you will appreciate off of that is that I am, when I was, when I was indie publishing, when I first started with the, the thrillers. I wanted to reach out to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> so I, I just started randomly guessing what his email could be. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I wrote, I sent all these different, and it's really base. It was really basic back then. And I got a, I got a hold of at least his assistant and she wrote me back. And then, then what, ca- what happened from that, what the catalyst of that was, as Daddy's Home, because it, it was doing really well, obviously. Then, you know, Amazon started their own subsidiaries, right? So Thomas and Mercer is their thriller mystery. And they came back in and they offered and wanted to buy the rights to that book and then um, t- uh, another one. And then their young adult uh, division came to me and wanted three books from me. So, and what was really cool is that that was when Kindle Fire first came out and Amazon invited 15 of us, uh, indie authors to the, like, you know, the big deal with, it was very cloak and dagger too. Like they didn't tell you what you were coming for. They just said, can you come to Santa Monica, da, da, da on these dates? And, um, you know, and then they take us in this bus and, and, and then Jeff, uh, you know, they come out with the Kindle Fire and, and it, it was it was pretty cool but that my my point is is persistence and you just never know like if you want to reach somebody if you want to do something I really and you believe in yourself and what you what you've written go for it yeah, yeah. go for it go for it I'm a big <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I tell my kids that all the time whatever your dream is I'll, I support you you just gotta go for it
0: so. If people want to follow your amazing adventures, because the longer we talk, the more interesting this all becomes, where can they find you on the social medias?
1: So, social media, let's see. My Instagram is just Michelle Scott author. I my website is, you can, there's two there's Michelle Scott.com. It's Michelle 1L, I should tell you that. And then my AK Alexander site is akalexander.net. So akalexander.net, michellescott1l.com and all my social media is on there but Instagram's Author. I don't remember the TikTok cuz I just started doing that like I said and um, but it's kind well, of I fun hunt you down. Yeah, we're doing recipes on there. We're doing some cool things. It's kind of fun. It's growing. It's, it's different.
0: Well, everybody, um, go follow Michelle everywhere so that you uh, hear the announcement when she finally is able to spill details about these deals. And yes. in the meantime, we'll be trying to get her back on the show to also share that info.
1: Yeah, and if you go to my website, either one of those, you'll be able to download. If you sign up for my newsletter, you can download Murder Uncorked under, on my Michelle Scott site for free. And you can get Daddy's Home free on my AK Alexander website. And then I, I will be announcing in newsletters like what's coming and, and all of that fun stuff. So please go follow me. That would be great. I appreciate Yay. it. Thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it.